welcome to the Badass Adventure Radio Podcast, where we celebrate stories of adversity and triumph in the outdoors, on the seas, and in the field. So this will be a, a recording to uh, interview two. Yeah. The second one. Cause the first one totally fucked up. It's totally my bad. It's on me. I it's all right, man. But now you got all the shit ironed out. So that's good. That's good. So, well, let's, uh, let's get you introduced here. This is uh go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell you, tell us where you've been, what you've done. How are you now? <laughs> Uh, my name is John Van Holm. Um, about to turn forty. Can you believe that shit? No, I cannot. No, I know neither can I. I don't feel like it, but I'm starting <laughs> to. Um, grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, uh, like hunting, fishing, hiking, pretty much anything outdoors. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. What do you want to know? What do I want to know? Well, shit, man. There's a lot about you that uh, our listeners would be kind of interested in. That uh, would you, you ride ambulances with me? I know that for 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 a fact. Yeah, I do ride ambulances. Yeah, you rode ambulances. Uh, you ridden a fire truck once or twice. Yeah, just a little bit, right? Volunteer, yep. right? And then, uh, um, you just now took part in uh, some relief effort as part of the Georgia National Guard. Yeah, here, right? Dorian. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, because it missed us, which look, I'm not complaining, right? <laughs> yeah. It's better that it missed us, but, uh, got sent down to South Georgia and didn't have anything to do for a few days. So that part's kind of boring, but, uh, generally that's not the case. Generally there's plenty to do. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> I think we should start with, uh, a drink. What do you think? Oh, already on it. Ariana, what you drinking? Bourbon and Coke. Bourbon and Coke. I am uh, drinking a local grapefruit IPA. Oh, those are pretty good. I, haven't, I mean, I haven't had that one, but I do like it. They're refreshing. They are refreshing. I'll tell you what, this has got 7.2% ABV. Oh, I also have this guy, you know, oh, yeah. for when it's appropriate. Yep. I got, I got mine right there. Right there. Yep. Oh, yep. Last, last of my bourbon. <laughs> going, going in it. There we go. All the way to the top. Well, I'm, I'm lucky I still have plenty in the uh, kitchen. Oh man, Virginia's weird. Um, th- they have like these ABC stores, liquor stores, man, and like you, you, you can't find them. They're like sparse. There's. They're, you know, liquor stores in Georgia, like on every third corner, yeah. right? Oh, you just look out your door. Oh, yeah. There's my liquor store. Like here in Virginia, it's like, oh, they're so prudes that, it, you know, there's one per city or municipality. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I literally have one about uh, a third of a mile down the road from my house. Yeah. I got to travel like <laughs> 30 minutes out of the way to go buy my bottle of bourbon that lasts <laughs> me like three months. Oh, whatever. Whatever, man. Yeah. But yeah, so let's touch base. We got to touch base up on uh, our last interview because that went to complete shit. All right. Uh, but uh, uh, I know you're tired. You just got back from the Hurricane Doran thing. But I believe what we got into the most uh, 
what was was a little bit of uh the 75th anniversary of jumping into normandy i believe yep that's right we went over a couple of stories i believe no well one one some hilariousness some some success and then starting off i think we start off with something of adversity right oh well uh you know did i tell you i got bit at work no no, yeah, so I, all right, there. Here's my new story. So this is, this is your I'll, new adversity story. When it comes to that, want to use that for hilariousness or adversity? Uh, let's go with for hilariousness. Hilarious. Okay, we'll hold off on that one. But to kick off everything, hilariousness. All the adventures that you've done: hunting, fishing, spear fishing, being in the National Guard, being on the ambulance, and just general personal life history. What? has been a story of just adversity through it all. One thing that sticks out in your mind and that just was hellish, but you became a better man because of it. I don't know, man. There's so many like that. Uh, I don't have any one big, you know, monumental thing that's, that stands out, but there, there are several smaller ones that when you, when you sort of combine them all, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it starts building that path that says, you know what, I can do this. I can overcome things. I'm going to drive on, take it one step at a time. And uh, so, so give us a, an example of just a so, brief collection of those things. So, uh, you know, one of those things would be going through the fire academy, right? Good bonds mm-hmm. with the guys there. You're, you're learning how to work as a team. Um, we, we have this thing we call the worm there and it's basically a telephone pole that they uh they chopped into uneven segments and then tacked together with uh with old um hose okay and the thing weighed a shit ton (laughs) right so you know they'd have us out there we gotta go run a mile in our bunker gear come back could do like 200 jumping you know push-ups and sit-ups you know then they'll tie us together with a rope. So we got like, you know, foot and a half, maybe two feet max between us. <laughs> and we got a hammer, like one of these giant uh, fire truck tires across a lot. That's about 50 yards, you know, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. to go there and back. So you know, it's 20, 20, yeah, it's about 50 yards all told. And then, uh, you know, once you get tired, they have you do like a little crawl across a bunch of gravel and, uh, you know, you did a bunch of stuff that day, but then at the tail end, when you're, when you're good and tired, <laughs> they present you with the worm, right? And I wish I had a picture of it. We can put up the th- thing's massive. And, uh, it, again, it's not even segments, so it's all uneven and wonky, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you gotta, you gotta pick it up as a team. And I forgot how far, but they make us uh, go a certain distance, and then we had to like, like bring it down and do do like bends with it, right? You had to do it in a team, and so uh, you know everyone's dying, but you can't quit. You don't want to be that guy who lets the rest down, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you really you really drive drive through and and push forward, and it builds character. Um, but it also, it builds, you know, the guys who, who did it because it's, it's tough, man. Anytime you do anything tough with, uh, 
with your buddies, it's it's going to build some of that that bond, that camaraderie, um, yeah, camaraderie. So that that's one example. Another example, um, you know, uh, would be national registry. <laughs> Shit sucks, right? <laughs> I've been to college, right? I've got a degree. Yeah, that's right. The registry is the take in my life. It's like more <laughs> right answer. Like, no, there's a right answer. There's a wrong answer. There shouldn't be a more right answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, I think, I don't remember if I shared this last time, but I was stupid the first time I took it. I took it on a Friday. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, generally, you know, they're, they're pretty quick about getting, getting your scores back and telling you how you did. Well, you know, when I was going through school, somebody told me, you know, if it cuts off like around, you know, 70, then good or you did really bad, right? Yeah. Um, and if, if it goes longer, the program's trying to figure out how well you're doing and, you know, you're going to pass or fail. But it's that adaptability yeah. test, yeah. right? So uh, when you take that test, you know, if you get the answer right, it starts you off at like a base level. If you get it right, it asks you a slightly harder question. And I know you know this stuff, but I'm just going over it for other people out there. Um, if you get that one right, it asks you a harder question, right? And uh, until, until it's asking you questions with words you've never seen before, I'm like, is this even in my textbook? Like, I don't, I don't know. I can barely even pronounce it, let alone like know what it means. So of course you get it wrong or you, you, know, you, you guess. And, um, you know, so it knocks you down to that, that you know, less hard question. If you fuck that one up too, it'll bump you down. If you, if you keep fucking up, it's going to ask you stupid, easy questions, but they're not stupid, easy if you don't know the material. So you can't ever know <laughs> where you're at on this thing. Questions are hard, right? Yeah. And even if it's asking you really hard questions and you're getting them wrong, but then it asks you the hard question and you're getting it right and it bounces you back to the really hard question, then you feel like, you know, you only answered 50 of them right. And you're not even sure about that. So I was never so sure that I failed the test in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The registry. And again, I took it on a Friday. So, you know, everyone else is taking theirs on like a Tuesday. And they're like, oh, yeah, man, I found out I, I passed or whatever. <laughs> and I got to wait all weekend and sweat this out. So Monday, I finally got the answer. And I passed. But, God, I, I was convinced I was going to have to retake that shit. Oh geez, like yeah, I remember that it, shit. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an insane test. It fucking you know. took. I think I took mine on like a Saturday or something like that. So like I kind of got the same sort of shit, dude. I fucking yeah. bombed that. I, I was bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I'm never doing this. But then, then when it comes back and you pass, you, you feel really proud of yourself. You're like, okay, you know, all that studying paid off. And now I've, I've got my ticket to go get a job. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, you know, jumping out of airplanes. I think we, we talked about that, obviously. Um, that, that's definitely overcoming adversity, right? I don't care who you are. The first time you're you're standing in the door of an aircraft and you're you know two thousand feet up and you're looking down, you're questioning, how did I get myself here? How did I tell myself this was a good idea? 
is my shoe can open, right? <laughs> like you're saying little prayers to yourself and you're just, you're just like, I hope I'm making good choices in my life, but right now I don't feel like it. And then you get out, shoot pops, you know, you, you get out there, you, you check your, your canopy, you check your controls and you're like, okay, all right, sweet. You know, all those, all those safety briefs I got on malfunctions, none of them happened, right? I don't have <laughs> a cigar roll, a bunch of bologna sandwiches coming out of my, my parachute pit tray, you know, um, and uh, I'm flying, right? I'm excited. And then it dawns on you, I still have to land, right? I still have to hit the ground. Right? I'm only halfway there. And, uh, you know, you trust your training. You do what you were told. You do a good PLF. You know, you stand up and you go, holy shit. I just jumped out of an airplane and survived. Um, and it's an amazing feeling. But you definitely have to grow a huge set of balls in order to do it. Yes. Um, uh so, you know, that's, that's another thing. Like, you know, you kind of, you kind of scared and then amazed all at the same time. Um, and, and you're really proud of yourself. And so are all the guys, right? You know, you, you've just come one step closer to being part of a brotherhood that you didn't even really know existed until you got there. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's another big one. Oh Yeah. Uh, I know that was was for me. Um, we'll we'll kind of get that and get, get into that a little bit later. But yeah, that was it was amazing, and um, I'm super proud of being in it. So absolutely. Well, yeah, I think you know adversity. It, like you said, it's a lot of little things, and you know, some for some people, it's usually some big things here and there. But it is a lot of little things that add up over time, and. I know as I'm getting older and you're certainly a little older than most than me, but as I'm (laughs) 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 nice finger you got there, (laughs) but uh, as as I'm getting older and I'm watching my kid grow up and I'm experiencing like, you know, these moments where shit, this is kind of tough. Like this weekend where I got an arrow test kit and of course uh, I got wood arrows being a dumbass using carbon arrows for the last you know six months and i shattered most of them on the first day of testing and and i even got it on video camera i'll, I'll show you the video it's great and you just you just see my body so just did, they, like, did they shatter oh. as you were loosening the arrow or no 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 that would happen on a compound but i was using a longbow okay and i just was hitting uh i had my uh, 3d deer target which is a soft target but they were shattering back- on the 3d target my backstop is a tree. Oh. You know me being, you know, newbie, a dumbass at this whole thing. It's my first season doing archery. <laughs> I fucking shattered, shattered three of them. And I'm like, ah, oh, God. And then my 3D deer target's got these plastic legs that it attaches to. And I hit that four times and finally broke one off. And the you got freaking like leg. duct tape wrapped around it. It's looking all <laughs> ghetto now. Oh, it's nasty looking. <laughs> oh, and so I was like, shit, you know. I, I put money into this. I put months of practice into this. Archery season's right around the fucking corner. And it's like, fuck, why am I even doing this sort of thing? And like, why, why am I doing this sort of thing? And you sit there and you ask yourself, like, well, because it's fucking hard. 
not many people do this one. Yeah, and it's also fucking awesome. And it's it, awesome. You, especially when you buy the right arrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So correcting that mistake, that'll happen. And then killing a deer or whatnot come hunting season, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to do it with archery tackle. But if it does, you'll be the first one to know. It's going to be fucking awesome. Tell yeah, you I'll send me the picture. I'm going to maybe try, try to get out a little bit during archery this season. But uh, the way things are looking, I don't think I'll get a lot of time. Got a pack schedule? It's bad. It's Ugh. bad. It's real bad. Ugh. Uh, I like, I'm trying to squeeze in a, like, a mini vacation somewhere in there. I've got you know a bunch of stuff coming down the pipe. Oof. Well, speaking of uh, adversity, right? Yeah. But let's uh, let's roll roll down over into a moment you can like think of. Like we've already talked about a little bit of jumping, but maybe maybe another adventure or something uh, in your in hobbies that you like to do. Something of success, right? And not just a moment of success but a moment of like achievement in which you've recognized that and you've recognized it as a, a level of growth or mastery in your life. And you're like, shit, things are going right. I'm doing something right. Something okay. like that come to mind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anytime you, you level up in life, it feels good. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, wherever I'm at, Sometimes I get recognition for it and other times I don't, but, uh, I don't really, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough, yeah. but well, t- I'll tell you a time. All right. So there's, here's, here's a story for you. This isn't a, isn't really one of recognition, but it's, uh, knowing your job and, um, maintaining your skill sets and staying proficient and being technical. Okay. So uh, it made me feel good because a, you know, I got to help somebody out that needed it. And B, uh, no one else knew how, right. They should have, but they didn't. <laughs> All right. And this isn't, this isn't like an amazing skill or anything. It's just an example. Um, so during hurricane Maria, uh, you know, Matthew and Maria, they, they tore up, uh, Puerto Rico and the Virgin islands. Mm-hmm. Well, they were, uh, they were sending, uh, once, once their, uh, their airfield down there, um, stopped being flooded and they're able to get flights in and out. They were sending, um, evacuees who had medical issues out and uh, they'd send them to the air base that, uh, that I was sent to. And, uh, you know, DPH was set up and we had sort of a triage area in the hangar. And we had C-130s coming in, 17s. And uh, we had a couple of commercial flights come in as well. And, we'd offload the patients and uh, take them to the hangar, uh, hand them off to DPH, help them out in any way we could. But um, so uh, an air ambulance, fixed wing air ambulance came in, right? We got to be kind of quick because there's usually another aircraft waiting to come in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, as you're, you're, 
stereotypical uh, fixed wing air ambulance. So, you know, pilot, nurse, and paramedic on board. They had this old lady, and uh, she had she had a couple of things going on. She had some trauma, and then, um, you know, I didn't get the, the full history on her, but she had some other uh, medical conditions also. Um, mm-hmm. So she was she was old, um, you know, upper eighties maybe. Uh, she was not in a good way. So um, on the uh, on the air ambulance, they have like a it's like a short board almost, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the side side of the aircraft opens up and and some steps kick out, but there's a little ramp, right? And it's got to be short because there's a real narrow 90-degree turn that they have to make with the patient to get them in, mm-hmm. right? Well, um, they kind of they go in feet first with the patient and then uh, kick them over so that their head is towards the cockpit and their feet are towards the tail of the aircraft, which means on the way out, they come out head first. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I said, she's got she's got pumps and, and equipment attached to her uh her short short board and everything else and um you know, it was a critical care flight for her. But uh the short board got stuck on the on the on the uh the ramp, the railing that they use. Mm-hmm. And uh they couldn't they couldn't fix it. It happened sometime during flight or upon landing. And, uh, so, uh, I'm out there and we're looking at it and the, uh, OIC was there and suggested that we, um, maybe just, uh, get one of our, our litters in there. And I'm like, ma'am, that's not going to fit way too long. You can't turn it. They're not collapsible. Um, and, uh, I said, well, I, I bet I, I bet a backboard would fit though. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so there's an ambulance stage ready to receive the patient. So I went over the ambulance. I said, Hey, give me your backboard and give me, give me your long straps. And I said, okay, here you go. And I said, thank you. And I walked back over and I, I'm like, I, I looked at the paramedic. I was like, here, you know, you can, you can harness strap her on this and we can get her out. Without, you know, because in order to get her out, she's going to have to tilt and tip and you have to be able to secure them onto the backboards so they're not going to slide or fall off. Plus, mm-hmm. you've got your equipment on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy looked at me. He's like, okay, uh, I don't know how. <laughs> I said, all right, man, I got you. So we, we went in there and I walked him through it and showed him how and uh, – you know, it's the same thing we always do at work. When we were riding yeah. on our trucks, it's there's nothing different, right? Nothing but different. Not everybody knows or remembers it or stays proficient with it. And uh no one on their crew knew. And uh, I think only only one or two guys in my crew knew how to do it. So afterwards we taught everyone how to do it. We went and we said, All right, everyone's learning how to package this way. Um but uh, if it weren't for that, um, we would have been trying to carry her down by hand, and that would have been dangerous. And also, um, you know, I think she had a head or neck trauma, so I really didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. carry her off. That's why um, 
I wanted to use the board, but um, that made me feel good, right? That's say, hey, you know, I've been doing my job. I'm staying proficient, and you know, when you when you apply the things you know and, and you stay sharp, you know, it helps helps out. And I got to help a lady get off an airplane so she could go get medical care. Well, as, as simple as without that. without compromising her. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's simple as simple as that is. It's just taking yeah. her off the airplane, but still. Yeah, it's not a big thing, but it made me feel good. It made me say, "Hey, you know, I've got I've got a skill set, and as long as I keep up on it, it can come in handy." And I feel that so. You know, I always try to refresh refresh myself and, and learn learn new things, new tools I can put in my bag and carry with me. Absolutely. Oh man, like it's it's really hard though to remember those moments of success though sometimes, right? It is. It is. They're not always monumental. Sometimes they're incremental. Yeah. They're exactly. Small. Oh, that's that's great. I like I like that. And they're not always monumental. They're sometimes incremental. I really really like that. But and has that truth has been applied, and I see it see it more and more. And I guess I don't want to say a failure. I could say it's a failure, but more kind of like a well. I don't think there's there's any nothing's wrong with failure as long as you learn from it and True. you survive it, right? True. So I, w- so I would say I would say it would be a failure in that regard. Then, like something I want to get better at is recognizing that I'm growing or achieving a certain skill set, or I'm advancing in a certain skill set, or a hobby that I like to do, or my job and my work, and being like, damn. I'm actually doing pretty good at this and be be able for a moment to just kind of revel in that sort of success just for a moment, because so weird us humans, we wake up every single morning and we're like, what's the next thing I can do? What's the next thing I can do? What's the, what's better, bigger, mostest, you know, sort of shit. Let me look to the future when we don't stop and we look at the fucking present and be like, shit, look what I did yesterday. Yep. Damn, I did they, that. They're they're so focused on on driving forward, they don't they don't stop and, and look at where they are. Exactly, and I really I'm practicing this, and hopefully I can I can master that skill set. You know, be able to say, "Damn, today was a good fucking day," right. <laughs> and sit right. down and have a beer. Right, I'm all about that. Oh. Well, let's uh, truck right along. And uh, figure out what's hilarious about being bit. All right. So I don't know if it's hilarious. Well, uh, I might find it hilarious. You might. You might enjoy it. Um, I'll I'll share a couple stories. All right. Let's let's go. All right. So I don't don't know if you guys. Let me see if I can line that up with the camera. It's a little. It's it's, it's shiny. It's healing. You can mm-hmm. kind of see it right here. Let me let me pull up the uh, the picture on the phone from when it happened. I'll hold that up for you guys to see. Um, so this happened at work, and um, you know it was one of those days. It's that the end of the day. You already got one one uh, late call, right? And then um, 
lo and behold, uh, you you get another one, right? And and I don't know <laughs> if if you let's see if I can line that up. Is that yo? That looks like a looks like a bruise, like there. a dark. Like a, oh man. To, like it's all, right. it's all dark and like juicy looking. Yeah, you can see the the teeth indents. And anyway, it's uh, it's unhappy. It broke the skin. I have uh, teeth prints that I can <laughs> trace around my around my forearm now. Um, so we we got a call for a psych patient. There's a BLS truck there, and they're like, uh. We don't want to. We don't want to fight with her and tire down. We want you to come chemically, and we're like, well, shit, you know. I guess we'll go. We'll go help these guys out because if uh, if we if we uh, wait on the whims of dispatch, there's no telling where we might end up, right? Or what we might have to go to. But we were sure it wasn't going to be home. Yeah, right. it was it was like one of those level zero days where you got like twelve calls holding the whole time. For, the, for those who don't know, uh, me and John, we both I worked. He still works in the city of Atlanta, and what he's talking about is he's talking about a basic life support, basic just EMTs. They don't have a certain amount of chemicals in order in order to chemically restrain or quote sedate a person, a human being. So they can be transported in a nice, humble, and sleepy state to the hospital. And when he's referring to level zero, it means the city of Atlanta has called 911 so much that there's no freaking available ambulance in the city whatsoever to take the call. So they get stacked up. So he's trying to right. balance the scales of, shoot, I need to get home. We should just turn and burn this call and hopefully make it close to the house enough to go home. And then we say house, we mean the ambulance barn. So we can actually go home or else we're going to be stuck on shift for another two fucking hours. Right. Well, no, we were already there, right? So <laughs> we were already beyond our, our first hour, but they can hold us for up to two hours after our downtime, right? Which is typical shift is about 12, 13 hours. So now we're looking at, you know, 14, 16 you know, hours. 15 hours riding around a box, you know. Uh, but anyway, so um, yeah, it's that time, yep. right? We've already done one run late call. This is now the second one. Um, and we're going to help this BLS unit. And uh, we, had a, we had a new guy on the truck. Oh, yes. Because uh, I'm, I'm on a field training truck. And uh, my partner's the FTO. So, yeah, his party's pretty good, right? You know, yeah. uh, but he's learning, right? So, uh, you know, when you, when you draw up five and five, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, is uh, five Versed and five Haldol. You don't want to mix the um, the drugs in the same syringe because it'll start forming crystals, and um, you know you don't want to inject somebody with that because crystals getting in your bloodstream is bad. <laughs> so uh, you have to draw them up separately, right? Mm -hmm. and they're going to get two sticks. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we get there and we, we chase the BLS crew, uh, out and say, you know, all right, well, let us, let us just try to convince her to go willingly. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So, cause we don't really want to fight with her either, but sometimes uh fresh face and a, and a different personality can, can convince people, right? Maybe. Let them make the right decision. Maybe they didn't like the look and they said something stupid. Yeah. So we, we try again. Right. So, uh, you know, she was kind of compliant with us. She let us take her vitals and she was doing okay. But, uh, the, the chick was out of her head, right? She's, uh, what we refer to as a 24 signal 24, which means that they're crazy. Um, and so she's been throwing all of her food in a pile in the living room and says there's snakes all in the house and she's hearing voices and things like that. And she hasn't been taking her medication in quite some time. So um, when you ask her things, right, she's, she's not really uh, alert and aware, right? Uh, she she kind of knew what month it was, not what day. Um, she says she, she can't go to the hospital because she's meeting her boyfriend later. He's going to pick her up and go on a date. And I look at mom. Mom called. She's the one who called. I look over at mom, and mom's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got you, mom. Um, right? So, um, you know, basically she has to go. Right. Yeah. She can't answer basic questions. And even though she doesn't want to go to the hospital, unfortunately it's out of her hands at that point, we're required to take her. Um, so we, we beg and plead with her, you know, the answers now, every time, every time we talk about going to the hospital, she starts nutting up, right? She's like, you know, I don't want to go to the hospital and, you know, doing the, the, the standard standard shit is basically acting like a child who doesn't want to go to their room. Correct. Right. Which, you know, I, I don't really blame her. You know, I, no one really likes going to the hospital. No. Right. So I, I, I do, I, I feel for her a little bit, but you know, you got to take your medication and um, not see snakes uh, in order for, for that to happen. So she has to go and, you know, my partner and I were like, yeah, it's time. We've, we've messed around enough. We tried, tried, uh, you know, reasoning with her and it's just not going to happen. So new guy, um, you know, we're, we're like, all right, we're fixing the grabber. You go drop the medication. Right. He's like, all right. So he runs out and starts drawing up medication. And, uh, so my partner and I, he, he uh, I grabbed her arms and I sling her across the couch and he grabs her feet and we're holding her down. Right. And I kind of got my, you know, I grabbed her like this and I crisscrossed, you know, or I crisscrossed my arms when I threw hers out. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so this spot is kind of by her face. And she had these like little, like these two big front teeth, right. That kind of made like a, <laughs> like, a, like a triangle point. Oh Lord. Right. So, you know, when she's, she's snapping at me, but it looks like a little turtle, little <laughs> turtle mouth, like snapping at, snapping at my arm. And, you know, I, I dodged her the, the first couple of times, but, um, so here comes our, our trainee running in. Right. Then he comes running in he's got his one syringe and we're like, Nope. <laughs> you know, you, you can't, you can't do that. You have to go and you need to draw that up in the second one. 
especially on a training truck, right? Like, yeah. you, wanna, you, you shouldn't do it anyway, but, you know, I know some people do it, but we can't, we can't, we're training, right? Yeah. We have to do things by the book. And so we go, no, go do that again. This time, you know, draw it up, five of Haldol and five of Versed, don't mix them. Okay. He runs out. He goes and he's drawing up another one. Meantime, we're still, you know, fighting and squirming with this chick. And she's not real tall, but she's round. Right. <laughs> but she's also crazy. And, and it, you know, crazy people have like amazing strength. Um, I don't know where it comes from, but they are strong as shit. Stupid strength, right? Yeah, they have they have stupid strength. So, um, you know, finally, Tranny comes running back in, and he's got the two, right? He's like, "All right, uh, where do I stick her?" Right at this point, I'm now distracted because <laughs> I'm turning over here and I'm like, "Pull down her pants and stick her in the ass," right? So he does, and you know that. But that little little bit of time that I took my eyes off of her to to watch what he was doing, um, that little turtle mouth, you know, <laughs> matched <laughs> onto my arm, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck! And uh, you know, I don't I don't remember when this happened, but sometime uh, in between him coming back in. Uh, with the new syringe, me getting bit, uh, one of the guys from the BLS truck decided to come in and reach in, and, and so did the uh, the APD officer that was there, right? So now there's, you know, my two arms and their forearms, and we got we basically got like a like a twister game going on here because they're all trying to help me hold down the arms that I was already holding down and didn't have a problem holding down. <laughs> of course, right? But they wanted to help, right? And I get it, right? But you know, when you got too many cooks in the kitchen, <laughs> right, things happen. So now this arm's underneath all their arms while they're trying to hold on to stuff. And I couldn't see her bite me. You know, I just felt her latch on. <laughs> and I'm like, latch on. I'm like, move your arms, right? And they're like, huh? I'm like, move your arms. She's biting me. They're like, what? I'm like, move your fucking arms, right? So finally, they all moved their arms, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> and I and I come I come free, right? But uh, but but I got a reminder, you know, always pay attention, um, and um, you know. God, I wish I was there. I mean, if you if you asked me like twenty years ago if I'd ever ever hit a a, a grown woman in the face, I would have said no. <laughs> right. Right until this moment. But you know, when it's it's different when they're your wrist off. You know, then they become combatants. Uh, but you know. It's one of the, one of those things, but uh, you know, it, it it really sucked, you know, because you know now I have to go to the hospital. I got to do a report, an incident report, um, 
and I got to get my blood drawn and get a shot and take pills and wait while they draw her blood and find out if she's got any cooties that she can give to me, like HIV and hepatitis. You know, so then you got to go. They send you home, right? Oh, and by the way, you know, like I said, this was this was the tail end. I've, I, I'm almost two hours after my downtime, but now I have to go do a report and go to the hospital. Man, I didn't get home till like 10.30 at night. Man, fucking A. Holy shit. Right? <laughs> Holy fucking shit. So. I'd have been like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna, yeah. Yeah, no. Well, no. I, but the doctor said no work tomorrow. You know, you need to go to the pharmacy and, and go get the rest of the prescription we're starting you on. So, uh, but then you, you kind of sit around and you wait for them to call you back and be like, yeah, no HIV, no hepatitis, you know, we'll follow up again later. And that's, that's not fun, but, no. uh, you know, I can look back and laugh, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. About the time I got bit by a crazy chick, you know, you tell people you got bit at work and they're like, oh, did you get bit by a dog? And you're like, no, it's a person. They're like, oh. <laughs> 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 you know? um, yeah, people bite. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll share another story. Um, this, is, this is when I was working on an earlier shift. We, we'd always start um, around 3.30 in the morning. My shit. Our, yeah right mm-hmm. so uh um anyway we got we got sent to this this uh really shitty apartment down by the federal prison you know which ones i'm talking oh, about oh god those yeah oh. so the, the the ones that uh have there's no good parking right yeah. and and all the all the units are like little blocks but they're like down there, there's there's like can't down get a fucking these, stretcher these steps, anywhere. so you can't you can't get a stretcher there and uh the call was for a, a female that had sprained her ankle well they didn't say sprained uh broke broke her foot is what came across on the cad right <laughs> broke her foot. right her foot broke i'm like what doesn't have any money or you know what's that mean <laughs> So my partner and I, we go down there and uh, she, she doesn't actually live there. She's uh she's a crackhead. Right. And uh, we go out and we find her. Right. But we don't bring the stretcher because, you know, we just bring the jump bag because uh, we don't know exactly where she is. And we're not about to start, you know, taking that up and downstairs and going down hills with it, trying yeah. to, trying to find her. So we find her and she's uh she's drunk and high. Right. And so while she was creeping through the neighborhood, um, she fell down one of those hills and rolled her ankle. So she legit did have a sprained ankle. Um, But uh, we didn't bring the stretcher. Um, And so, you know, we, we, we wrapped her ankle and uh, we looked at it and we wrapped it up. We're like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Right, we're just gonna we're gonna help you walk, and you just hop, okay? And we got you, so we're just gonna hop. And we had we had brought out the the bed, but we left it at the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we we got her. My partner's got her on one side, and I got her on the other. And 
Uh, the sun's just creeping up at this point. Like it's just starting to get light. And uh, she's like, I got a piss. <laughs> and uh, my partner, remember, she's, she's been drinking. Oh, by the way, like when we asked for her ID, she, she lifts up her skirt and she pulls her whole wallet out of her, her undies in the front. Right. It, uh, um, anyway, this chick's real gross, like real gross. I get a wallet. Yes. Um, so she, she keeps her valuables uh, jammed up near her vagina and her underwear. Um, and she has to pee. Right. And my partner's like, no, you can't, you can't pee here. We're in public. And I, I look at him and I'm like, yeah, but if we don't, she's going to piss in the truck. Right. And we don't have like urinals in the truck or anything um, at, at this time. So she's just going to piss all over the bed. Uh, it's going to leak on the floor. She's going to have to lay in it. And so uh, I, you know, I look at, look at my partner and I'm like, you know, uh, maybe we should just let her pee, you know? And he, he's like, uh, okay. So, <laughs> so um, I, I was kind of amazed at how this went down um, because of the sprained ankle. You know, I figured she'd just squat and maybe, uh, maybe put, put the, the bad leg out to the side or something. We could help steady her or something. Uh, no, this chick, I'm pretty sure she's done this before. Uh, she does a handstand and kicks the bad leg way up in the air. Right. And kind of, <laughs> kind of tripods. Right. Like it is really kind of amazing. And I'm just going to see if I can demonstrate. It's, uh, it's like, you know, <laughs> but, but like way higher, way higher up. So she 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 pulls her panties down, she kicks her skirt up, and she's she's got her hands down and her back foot's way up in the air back here. And I swear to God, this giant horse piss arc comes out. Right? And my partner and I are like, oh, this is this like bad. Bad. Um and so as we're standing there, we're trying not to look, but we also kind of keep an eye on it. We don't want to fall down either. Um, so as we're standing there, you know, she's she's kind of behind us and we're sort of keeping an eye. And, uh, you know, I said it was about light out. There's, these three little kids are walking to the school bus while we're standing there with this crackhead horse arc pissing behind us with the legs in the air. And the first two, they keep walking, right? And then the third one stops and turns, right? <laughs> and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> like, keep going. Go to school. Go to school. Do good. Don't end up like this. Right? But that poor kid. But anyway, uh, so this chick, she finally gets done, right? Uh, she peed forever. Um, and she, she wheels back up, right? And uh, she's like, I need to wipe, right? 
And, uh, you know, we, we got some four by four gauze. So we're like, uh, okay, sure. You know, here's some four by four gauze. So she's down there, you know, Oh, <laughs> by the way, we're also holding her, her vagina wallet. Uh, <laughs> she's down there, you know, with the, with the wipes. And then when she, she gets done, she loses her balance. Oh, shit. Right. And she, she, she reaches out. She's like, oh, and, and it's coming like right by my face. He's like, John, watch out. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, oh, <laughs> just missing my face with her, with her piss hands. Oh my God. Um, but you know, uh, that's a good I mean, one. There's just, Regular entertaining stories were, you know, it was oh, kind of yeah. gross, but no one really got hurt. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're fun to look back on. Uh, or there's the time I got kissed by the crack. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was crazy and she was drunk. Pretty sure she took drugs, but I don't think. Is that the one that felt you up? Or is no, that, that was that a different me. one. So, uh, well, no, they, one felt you up too. So. Right. I, I got, who hasn't gotten felt up by a crackhead on the truck? Um, I know, especially right. with the little rat claws hanging there. You go take a blood pressure, right? <laughs> and you're, you got, you know, their their arms kind of between your knees, you know, and they'll reach over and they'll touch your balls occasionally, and it's it's uh, it's never good. It's really never bad. the ones you want to touch you. Nope, and it's like always the summertime, and you yes. know, you're not wearing any underwear, so you're commando. So you know, you just feel yeah. it, just like just latch on you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's bad it's bad um but no this one this was a uh <clears throat> she she actually might have been cute if uh if she wasn't so messed up but um so uh same partners is is the, the one that was doing the horse piss arc earlier uh we get called because there's a female laying in the bushes outside an apartment complex yeah and uh, so we roll over there, and uh, we're looking around, and uh, we can't find anyone. So we're getting ready to clear it, but we do we do a call back, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, um, the caller says he's pretty sure it's you know what apartment two or whatever." So we're like, "Okay, well, no one's in the bushes. We'll go knock on apartment two and just see, you know, what happens." We're figuring it's it's just a bum who. Uh, who just picked up and moved after somebody said they were going to call. So we go knock on the door. Door swings open, right? This chick's on her hands and knees. She, she reaches up and opens the door and like falls out the door, right? <laughs> and we're like, are you okay? And she's like, she's, she's wrecked. She's drunk. But I think she's been mixing pills with it. I just don't know what kind. Um, because when she showed me the amount of alcohol she drank, it was... I mean, it'd give me a, a strong buzz, but it wasn't right. And uh, speaking of alcohol, that's speaking, good. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're, uh, you know, she's she's definitely inebriated, but she's she's mostly with it, and she's being pretty honest with us about what she's been up to. Uh, in fact, probably a little too honest. <laughs> Um, and we don't really want to leave her there by herself. Uh, but at the same time, she doesn't really need to be transported. It's more of a, 
uh, liability issue. We don't want to leave her drunk by herself if she's flopping around and doing things that the neighbors are calling for. Because mm-hmm. if she keeps doing it, we're just going to have to come out again and uh, somebody's going to have to take her eventually. Uh, but she, she's, you know, just needs to be watched for a little while and uh, doesn't necessarily need a, a trip to the hospital. Right. Um, so, so I say, you know, call to come, come walk, watch you, check on you. And uh, she's like, yeah, my mom lives uh, uh, not far from here. So we call mom and uh, I call mom. Hey mom, you know, we're over, over here at your daughter's house. Um, you know, she's having a, an episode. Uh, apparently she has some mental issues she told us about and uh, she doesn't handle her alcohol well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mom's like, oh, this again, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Could you please come over and, and watch your daughter? How, you know, like how far out are you? You know, she's like, yeah, I'll be there, you know, kind of soon. And I think mom was there in like 15 minutes or something. She's That's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad, right? So while we're waiting, right? <laughs> And like I said, she was, she, she could have been kind of a cute girl, right? But right. Uh, definitely not being uh, crazy and in her current state. And, um, you know, she, she probably used to be cuter, you know, before she, she was starting to get a little fat. But she had some tights on. And I told you she's crawling around on the ground. Well, the back of her tights was ripped out. <laughs> Right, so she's crawling around, and we can see everything. Right, it's all her her vagina's hanging out. I can see her butthole, um, and uh, I don't think she knew, but I don't think she cared. Like even if she did know, she didn't care because uh, you know she had like one of those '80s like sweatshirts on, you know, oh, with like yeah. hangs down by the the shoulder, and uh, she had a she had a tattoo on her back. And uh, she saw one of us looking at it. She goes, oh, you, you want to see my tattoo? And we're like, you know, sure. We're just killing 15 minutes. We pretty much banged out our report already. So sure, show me your tattoo. So she takes her shirt off, <laughs> right? She doesn't have a bra on her. She takes the whole thing off. And so now she's topless. And she's showing us her tattoo, which, you know, um, her mom's coming over, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, you need to put that back on. <laughs> I don't need your mom to come over and see you topless with that big hole in your crotch and, and uh, us just hanging out, right? So um, she puts her she puts her t- and she's starting to get flirty with us. And uh, she, she was big into, like, astrology. So she's like, what's your sign? Oh, Lord. You know, and and she, she goes and she grabs this book and she's telling us all about our signs and, and all this shit. And uh, oh, while, also while we were ready, waiting, she told us that she can swallow nine-inch cocks. <laughs> um, you know, she has no gag reflex. Yeah. Um, she's, so she was proud of her no gag reflex and, um, she's like, yeah, my boyfriend has a nine inch dong and (laughs) she's just divulging this to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, my partner, 
I wasn't married at the time. So my partner's over there because she's, she's definitely getting flirty and trying to hit on us. My partner's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I got one of these, but you know, he's single. And I'm like, you <laughs> motherfucker. Stop. Right. So she turns most of her attention over to me now. <sighs> well, uh, thankfully, you know, now mom's here. Right. Yeah. So, um, comes in she's put her clothes back on thank thankfully mm-hmm. and uh you know just tell mom what happened and why we were called out and, um you know thanks for coming and watching her so we don't have to take her to the hospital it's better for everyone she doesn't have to go to the hospital no one has to pay for it and uh, we get we get to go back into service sooner mm-hmm. so um walk outside talking to mom getting ready to go mom saying thank you and uh you know, I say, eh, you know, you're welcome. And I, <clears throat> I turn to go walk back to the truck. Well, you know, she's back here, like waiting to ambush me. Right? I didn't see her. She's in my blind spot because I'm looking at mom. So I turn to go back to the truck, and she's right there. And she wraps her arms around me, and she gives me a big kiss on the mouth. <laughs> and... <laughs> And she's like, oh, thank you so much. You know, if you, if you ever want astrology readings, you know, um, you know, you know where to find me. I'd oh, Lord. love to give you a reading. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, thanks. I'm looking at her mom and her mom's like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my partner's trying not to laugh at me. He's like, yeah, that just happened. <laughs> you know, I'm like, great. This bitch has just been sucking on a nine inch dong. And he just kissed you on the face. Yeah. She just kissed me on the mouth. It was the it was the first time I ever put hand sanitizer in my mouth. That stuff tastes horrible, but the first time, huh? Yeah, the first time. (laughs) You know, you go back to the truck and you're like, yeah, you put a bunch and you're like and then you're like, uh (laughs) like putting it on my lips like it was bad like, like uh what was it jim carrey <laughs> next to the shower yes yeah <laughs> i heard tinkle tinkle's i heard it's a man yeah i mean you got you got little things like that they happen all the time and I, honestly it's hard to keep track you know, uh, I've forgotten half of the things uh, that happened to me. And there's got to be like something that comes up in conversation. I got to see some of that memory. And I'm like, oh, you know what? But it, sometimes it's tough to recall that shit just on command, you know? It does. Like, you got to be like around, around, you know, like minded people talking about the same stories and all of a sudden sparks something. And you're like, oh, shit, I remember this one time. And it, it's just like you package those things away because you, you, it's the I think it's the grind, man. It is. When, it's got to be the grind. I, you know, I can't. They'll ask me about a call. You know, I ran on Monday, but now it's Wednesday, and I can't remember. <laughs> you know, they all just sort of blur together and run in. So now they usually have to be super fucked up for me to, to you know. really stand out to mine. <laughs> stand like, out. It's got to be extra heinous. Um, Speaking of heinous, freaking tell me about. The 75th Normandy uh, anniversary, as much as an amazing occasion as it was, I heard there were some uh, issues behind the scenes. There were some issues. Um, 
but let's let's take us take us through. All right, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll take a step back. We'll talk about the actual the actual uh, 75th anniversary. We're, we're going to not talk about the heinous part for a second. We're going to talk about the awesome part. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, we we had the opportunity to go to Normandy, uh, and at, well, actually, we, we went to England because we went to Duxford. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the original staging ground for the 75th or sorry for um for the invasion of normandy and uh it's it's probably the last time they're ever going to do the cross channel jump but flew um it's it was well, let me back up let me <laughs> back up again all right so 75th anniversary of normandy uh, Dax over Normandy, jump into France. Um, so largest, largest amount of aircraft and paratroopers to jump into France since the actual invasion. And, um, we had a bunch of C-47s. Uh, we had, we had some kick-ass fighters escorting us we had like some spitfires and and a couple other fighters that we could see outside of our wings so it was it was a big deal right Mm -hmm. we're all very very excited uh we were fortunate enough to be in the lead aircraft uh of the actual invasion that's all brother was uh was restored it was the lead aircraft during during the invasion of normandy um and so we got to fly in that one um we're supposed to have a practice jump in duxford for for the brits to watch uh the day before uh the invasion um and uh that got scrubbed we went up but we never jumped okay. uh so we were a little bummed about that you know because what happened there you know that's up for debate they said it was the winds but the winds were not that high so i think there was some other behind the scenes shenanigans going on um anyway so but you know you know jumps get scrubbed it's not a not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. um but uh we're, we're excited about the next day right so here we go um we wake up the next day We've got our luggage, which is supposed to go on some of the empty C-47s that are going to carry luggage because not all of them were rigged up for jumpers, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we load up. We got just what we got in our pockets, right? So uh, thankfully, uh, I had my passport and my wallet and uh, you know some, some personal effects, but uh, um, basically everything I would immediately need, but... Uh, Nothing I would need later, like toothbrush or, you know, mm-hmm. extra underwear, clothes, all that stuff's in my luggage. <laughs> um, so we, 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 we make the, the cross channel jump, which um, was really, really kick ass. It, it absolutely was. It was a once in a lifetime type deal. Um, you know, uh, Normandy is a beautiful countryside. Um, and uh we we jumped in and you know you get briefed before you they show you the map they say you know all right should be approaching this route wind should be headed this way estimated you know wind speeds are going to be five knots or whatever 
Um, and you're like, okay, cool. You know, they're like, all right, so DZ's here, rally points there on the map. Um, you know, study it. And we do. Well, I was in the second stick on that load. And uh, so we we jumped out, right? And uh, so I exit the aircraft and I'm looking around. And I'm like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> right? I was supposed to be near town, right? Like, and now I see two towns and they're neither of them are close. Right. Mm. And, uh, I do see some power lines, but we weren't supposed to be near any power lines. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that town's a little bit closer. And also it's on the right side of the power lines that I'm on. Right. So I'm going to go there. I'm not going to try to race over the power lines and, uh, most of the other guys in my stick had the same idea. We looked around, we found this nice, nice, uh, out in the field, softest landing I've ever had. Right. So we come in, poof, right. This big, big, soft mound of dirt. It felt like landing in snow. <laughs> right. And, uh, we got up and all the locals were lined up all over the town to watch us come in. It was, it was really cool. Um, and and humbling experience you know to to honor those guys and uh and uh you know spread some of the love you know mm-hmm. um but anyway so we we made it to the rally point which we ended up uh hitching two rides hmm. right? first there's a the one of the guys who owned the the field that we dropped into had like an old Willie Jeep <laughs> that he had restored, which was kick ass, right? Um, so we piled on there with our chutes and he drove us part way and uh we're like, all right, thanks, man. And we're walking the rest of the way trying to get to the DZ and we're like, man, this is far, right? We got dropped way off the X. So uh we, we ended up hitching a ride with some of the locals to get us there. <laughs> and made it. But then uh from there they they had uh they had arranged for a shuttle to take us to the airport where mm-hmm. the 47s were supposed to land. And so we could collect our luggage and uh, that was it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what never came to France with us? Luggage. Our motherfucking luggage. <laughs> right. Oh, and by the way, I'm wearing a, like a vintage world war two, uh, you know, 101st airborne uniform. Right. It's all I have. <laughs> and my wife's with me and that's what she's got. And um you know, all our normal clothes are are in a hangar in England. <laughs> and we're like, you know, what the fuck, man? You guys said stack all your luggage over here, which we did, and it will show up over here after you jump out of an airplane. Right. And uh, we got a bunch of excuses. Oh, oh well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll send uh, aircraft for it right now. And then they didn't do that. And then the next day they said it would be there in the morning. Right. And so we're like, okay, cool. But, but by the way, we're supposed to be, we plan on spending one day in Normandy and like seeing the, 
you know, Utah Beach and can't, you know, mm-hmm. St. Mary Glees and stuff like that. And then going to Paris for a few days before we had to go home. Right. And so we got stuff booked. And uh, so, you know, a little delay is not a big deal because we're going to spend the day there anyway. Right. They're like, well, we couldn't, can't get it tonight. So we'll get it tomorrow. Well, you know, tomorrow is the beach invasion anniversary. Mm-hmm. Right. So the presidents come in, there's all these delegates and, and, and people coming in, they close down the airspace. And so we couldn't get we couldn't get an air. Then the aircraft that was supposed to go get it broke down, right? Oh. Which legit happened, right? The air crew like worked, worked and got it back up. Yeah. But then they never got sent. Right? Huh. And so anyway, third day, everyone's irate. We're sitting in a hangar getting drunk, waiting on our fucking shit to show up. And every minute that goes by, we're getting more angry. Right? <laughs> People screaming, yelling. Then uh, then they took the porta potty away. Oh. <laughs> right? They took the porta potty away. And uh, we had we were in half the hangar and apparently it was like it was sectioned out. So we had one half and there's another half um, that uh, one of the people working with the organization owned and he opened it for us to to pee in, in their bathroom after we started bitching and moaning that we have nowhere to go to the bathroom now because somebody took the porta potty from the event. Yeah. Right. You know, the the door got unlocked so we could get access to their side and use their bathroom. Well apparently his wife or some old lady didn't like it. Right? <laughs> so she goes and locks the door, but they keep coming over to our side. Right? When they want to get some of the food off the table or what's left of it or you know, whatever the hell it is, right? So I go to pee, like I peed once earlier and uh, it was unlocked, everything was cool. I go back, the door's locked, right? And I'm like, I'm getting pissed now, I'm upset. I'm already upset because it's day three, it's ruining a a vacation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I have to pee again, but now I can't. Because they've locked the door. The straw right. that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. So this that the same fucking old bat, that bitch ass lady. She she opened it up to come over to our side again. And I grabbed the door. Right. And she, she saw me, so she tried to she she opened it up and then she saw me coming and she's like, Oh, and I threw my foot in the door. I said, Yeah, the goddamn doorway. I've got a piss. And she's like, No. And I'm like are you fucking kidding me, lady? You're going to tell us that we can't, can't go to the bathroom. Why? How about I lock your ass in the little fucking room? Don't let you piss. <laughs> right? Now, you want to you let me use the bathroom or not? Right? She's like, let go of the door. <laughs> like, I'm scaring her or some shit. I'm like, no. You need to get your fucking ass out of the way and let me pee. Like, we're not over there tearing shit up. I'm going to the bathroom. But that's that's kind of attitude some of these people had uh, on the organization Jeez. side. Not the jumpers. The jumpers are kick ass. The air crews are kick ass. Yeah. Um, you know, I've met a lot of really cool people over there. Um, 
and had a had a great time with with those guys. Um, but yeah, so uh, in in the meantime, right? Uh, every morning, like we've got it in a different excuse. Oh, your 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 shit will be here by noon. Oh, I'll be here by this evening. Oh, I'll be here tomorrow. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So, but remember, like I'm not sitting in a in a hangar the entire time. Every time we get promised a new time frame. We're going out and we're checking stuff out, the Maisie battery and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. I want to see Normandy, right? I don't want to sit in a hangar waiting on luggage. Exactly. So I'm still wearing the stinky, dirty uniform that I jumped in, right? I'm getting real ripe. <laughs> I don't want to buy clothes because I keep thinking I'm going to get my clothes in a few hours, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I ended up, ended up buying new clothes eventually. Um, but this is just a huge souring pain in the ass. Finally got our shit back at like three in the morning or some nonsense three days later. Um, the, the people at Duxford are actually the ones to thank. Otherwise we'd still be probably waiting on them. They actually put all our stuff in a truck and drove it across the channel and, and into, uh, the airport where we were at. Damn. And uh, it it was it all worked out in the end, but man, it was frustrating. You know, I I felt ridiculous going every. You know, it's one thing to wear that uniform when I'm jumping into Normandy. It's another thing to wear it to the coffee shop and the lunch <laughs> and everywhere else. <laughs> it looked a little. Uh, odd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I wore it into Paris. Yeah. I was walking around downtown Paris in that thing. I bet you got some looks. Yeah, I did. I did. But no one messed with me. <laughs> I also had a mohawk. I I had shaved a mohawk and painted my face. So Oh, all right. Doing a dirty thirteen, huh? Yep. Yep. So Just a little, little slice of airborne history for you. It was it was a great experience and yeah. Something something that you know and we also had like the gold knights, the black daggers and the red devils there. Oh jeez. Um they they uh, did a tandem jump with a with a World War II vet that was still living that had, that had jumped in. Uh, and you know the the thing is, in, in five years, when when they have another you know big anniversary, there's just these guys aren't going to be around anymore. Yeah. And it was really amazing to get to meet some of these guys, hear their stories talk to them, shake their hand, thank them. You know, they, they really were the greatest generation. Um, and, uh, so that, that part, that part was, was great. You know, the camaraderie, meeting the guys, talking to them, trading stories, you know, it's hard, hard to beat that. No, it is. That's once in a lifetime for sure. But, uh, Oh, is it time? I think it some. might be time. Yeah. A little, let's take a little intermission and drink. So tell us a little bit about your glass. Well, uh, I earned this glass, which is a skull of my enemies here. Um, taking the plunge on a suggestion from you when we met and get, got to know each other down to X-35 Airborne School in Dunellen, Florida. This year, actually, I think. Yeah. And yeah, finally, still this year, February this year, got my wings 
busted my cherry, and jumped out of an airplane, and joined the Brotherhood of Airborne. That's right. Airborne. Airborne. <sighs> Fuck, whiskey is good. Mm. That's delicious. Oh, man. That was a amazing experience, man. Oh, shit. And <laughs> I made my nose run. <laughs> but yeah, man. Fire. I'll I'll definitely say like from my perspective, um, everything both you and uh your wife Sarah have told me like resonated while I was there. And all culminating culminating up to that first jump at uh, that <laughs> freaking Rick Hitty. <laughs> Oh, camo, Cessna. camo painted Cessna 180, and I'm like, hey, yeah, just stand up, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where's the shit? Where's the? Oh, there it is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. right, right. You count to four, and uh, you count way too fast the first time. One, two, three, four. Right. Uh, 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 oh, first time, oh. yeah. First time I did, I didn't, I didn't count out loud. Right. I did the same thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, so, so you know, it, it, I was so freaked out and nervous. You know, I, I went way too fast. You know, my head. I'm I'm going one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, um, but in reality, I, I probably went one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, and then I'm like trying to look and, and check canopy, and nothing's out yet, right? I just see a a bag, you know, whipping around trying to catch air, um, and so it, it freaked the shit out of, of me for a second, and then everything popped, and and life was good, right? Well, after that, I always count it out loud. <laughs> count it out loud. <laughs> the first time, I think I was like, just like rigid, man. I was just like, <gasps> I, I, I just for, I forgot the count, and I'll, and it was just a space of like, <gasps> and then boom, there it is. I'm like, oh wait, I should have counted. Oh, it's there though. Oh, Whew. yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, you kind of. You, you really kind of do go full retard a little bit. Right? Just a little bit. I was like, lawn dart. <laughs> yeah. But uh, after you get – so your first jump is kind of scary. But but you land and you're like, okay, well, it can be done after all, right? I survived it. Yep. Right. Then you go do your second one and you're still a little – it's still a little scary, but – it's not as bad, right? You now, now you know what to expect, right? Mm-hmm. You're still a little nervous, but you go do it. And it's it's cool. By by the time you you get done with your fifth jump, it's now fun. Oh yeah, right. You've gotten all the you've gotten all the the jitters out of the way, and you know what it's supposed to look like, and you know how to do a good PLF, and you know how to control your canopy and and uh, and steer your shoot, and you. Uh, you, now it now it's fun, right? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you're like this. This is fucking awesome. And then uh, going from the that 180 Cessna, which is uh, comparable to a helicopter jump, 
Um, and then moving right into the C-47 uh, that was going over to Normandy. Uh, yep. I jumped out of both of them that were there, the Tico Bell and the Plassey Lassie. And going into a door jump. Well, Tico Bell didn't, didn't Tico make it Bell. over there. Tico, Tico Bell or Tico Bell, Tico Bell, tomato, tomato. But it didn't make it. Uh, the Placid Lassie did. Well, that was what Tater was on, so that's what matters. Yeah, Tater was on the Placid Lassie. But, um, yeah, I jumped out of both of those suckers. Uh, and that was like just what you said, like an air slide. Like, woo! <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, the uh, the the um, the Cessna is like it's like falling, right? But yeah. the the side side door exit on the C forty sevens is is like riding an air slide, and uh, the r- ramp jumps are fun too, right? I can't wait for that. I haven't done that yet. Um, but yeah, so you're so you're you're kind of a a smaller frame guy. I'm a little bigger. Where do they have you on the on the Cessna going up on the Cessna. I was crazy. Have you tucked in the tail? I was tucked in the tail. Yeah. I was a short guy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I think I'd rather be there. You know, it's, uh, so I'm, I'm usually, I'm one of the bigger guys. And so they make me get in last and I got, I really don't like going up in the Cessnas. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta go up and, and I always get stuck. I'm the last guy in, right? Crammed in the door frame. And they put me with my the controls next to next to the yeah, the door's right here, right, right next to me. My back's up up next to the, the, the aircraft controls. The pilot's right here, sitting next to me. And so I have to sit there and I gotta like kind of hold my knees. And, and sit forward the whole time so I don't lean in the controls on the aircraft. And then I got the, the pilot right here who I don't want to bump or touch. And then when they open the door, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I'm not hooked in. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I don't feel like testing out my reserve right now. Yeah, I just you know, if there's any turbulence or bumps, oh god, like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> oh, I can, I can tell, I can like do like little heel, heel ass scoot <laughs> up and put my feet out. Then, then I feel okay. But um, I hate that. I hate that, and I can't breathe well because you know, like I said, I'm trying to tuck, tuck and hold my knees, but I got my burps in between. Yeah, it's pushing on me pushing on your balls but, and uh, pelvis, you're like fuck yeah on the plus side plus side of that um i i do get to be the first one out yeah that's true so i don't have to sit in the tail smell the exhaust everyone's farts <laughs> um, waiting my turn to get out god i hated i hated that just like oh, there he goes and i'm like um oh, that door opens it stays open for so fucking long too. And he's like, all right, get in there. And I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, bro. All right. This is what I came for. So, um, first time I ever jumped out of an airplane, it was, uh, I was in with these, these Royal Lao guys. 
right? Oh, that's right. And uh, there was this this XSF guy was one of the instructors. His name was Ronnie. I'll never forget him. I'm a big guy. I'm six one, right? Ronnie is like six four. Right, he's a SF guy. He's still got like the 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 flat top, but now it's all like salt and pepper, mm-hmm. right? And and the dude's the dude's jacked. I mean, he's ripped, and he's got all his all his moto tattoos, but he's also got like all kinds of fucked up scars, holes and cuts and tears, and, and on his face too. But he had these he had these bright blue eyes. Yeah, these bright blue crazy eyes, right? <laughs> I'll never forget them. So um, the way they did it, they did it um, more like you're getting a like a skydive license, right? Okay. So they took he did five jumps. And they uh, they were all static line, but they had an extension on it, so you had a longer fall period, right? You're supposed to get in that that good position. Um, you know, have a good release, good stabilize. Uh, it was on a Ram air shoot. Right. Okay. Um, and, uh, it, I mean, it was basically the, the first part of getting your, your class a license. And, uh, but, but when we do this, right. It's unlike our, our, um, stack line military rounds where, you know, in the Cessna, we simulate going going out of UH-60 where we're sitting on the side and our static lines, you know, locked into the floor. And you just, and, yeah. and you just act like you're sitting up and, and you, you roll off the edge, right? We have to climb out and hang out on the wing strut. Okay. Right? So yeah. you, step, you step on the tire and you, you kind of shimmy out on the wing strut and then you you kind of you move off and you drop your feet and and then all of a sudden you're you're supermaning off the side right oh jesus <laughs> right and and Ronnie you know I'm over here you're supposed to keep keep contact with your jump master the whole time so I, I'm shimmied all the way out on this thing and and my legs are are out and I'm hanging <laughs> on to it I'm looking at him right and I I probably got the look like I got the fear of God in my eyes. <laughs> Right. And then when he tells you to give a marker on the wing, you're supposed to look up at it, which helps you start to arc your back and, and release and get in a good, uh, you know, I'm peeing in the air position. But uh, before before he 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 told me to to uh, to climb out on that, you know, he's looking at me. It's like my first jump. I think he could see it in my eyes. He goes. You nervous? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He's like, you'll be all right. I go, how many jumps you got? And uh, you know, he he had an insane amount. He had over, I think he had he had a couple thousand jumps. Jesus, right? But I'm like, how many times have you had to uh, to like cut away and pop your reserve? He's like, meh, four or five times. And I'm like, four or five times. So I'm trying to do the math. Like, what's the percentage rate that I'm, <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, and he could, he could tell I was, I was kind of scared. 
but you know, I didn't want to disappoint Ronnie. Right. So it gets time. He goes, you ready? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, good. Get the fuck out of my aircraft <laughs> and slide out on that wing. Right. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I slide out. I look at him. He finally gives me the go. So I let go and I look up. And uh, because they got the extension on there, uh, you fall for closer to like eight seconds. Whew. It was like between six and eight. It's a, it's a long, long release. Um, but that way you can watch you and make sure like everything stays good. Um, and that was, that was, that was interesting and scary too. Um, also, uh, you don't really PLF in a Ram air shoot. Right. And that wasn't gone over very well or explained <laughs> very appropriately to us. Hard landing. Uh, so I, I almost, it, I fucked my, my ankle up. I didn't fuck it up hard. I just sprained it coming in because, you know, they come in quick. And if you flare too late, you're going to eat shit. If you flare too early, you're going to drop like a rock and yeah. eat shit. You, you really need to, like, kind of gradually flare and time it and learn when, when to touch down. But um, that's a different kind of parachuting than what we, we were talking about, right? Right, right. Right, so the PLF, um, which, by the way, doing good PLF did, did save me when I jumped with the JSOG guys in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, you know, they were jumping Ram Air chutes. And like I said, I'm not very good at those. I've only got a couple jumps with them. And, uh, I came in, I, I was coming in hot, right? Like my approach was good and everything, but I was coming in real hot. And I flared way too hard, way too early. Right? So, <laughs> so I come in, it's like, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I probably dropped like five feet like a rock, but but I didn't try to like walk or do anything. Like I PLF'd. You just PLF'd? Right? I PLF'd and I landed and I was okay. Those motherfuckers, like two of them came running over. They were like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. Rock on. And they started calling the iron leg after that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish I had a video of that one. Um, Actually, I do, but it's it's on a GoPro. On a helmet cam? Yeah. Yeah, so you can't really, like, I, I wish I could have seen, like, how far off the ground <laughs> from a spectator point of view. Um, but uh, that was also where I got my first uh, free fall jump. Nice. Yeah. So, but um, so let me, let me turn the tables a little bit. Oh, and ask okay. you a little bit more about how, uh, how you enjoyed going through jump school and uh, what you got out of that. Oh man. Oh. I will I will say all those listeners out there get a little deep with it, I guess. Because it was deep. It, it was, is. It was a deep experience. Um for those who, who kind of shy it off and shrug it off, it's, it's that's bullshit because it is a deep experience, you know, jumping out of a fucking airplane. But for me it it started years, years and years before i even met you or even considered jumping up 
going to this job school. And that was when I was in the Marine Corps. And I just had a really rough experience when I was in the Marine Corps. Didn't, didn't really work out for me. But I was around a lot of really good guys. And I worked with a lot of good guys. And I was with a really high-end unit that had a lot of history and prestige. Um, some people know it. Uh, it's first reconnaissance battalion out of, out of California. And being around those guys, you aspire to be them. And I wanted to be that. Never happened for me. And that was just one of those moments where I had to learn and grow from that. And I'd, you know, I'd never, never achieve that sort of thing in my lifetime. And I'd had to find some sort of peace with that. And as the years go by, and finally I meet you and you know, the option for actually doing a military jump school and going through that experience of getting, you know, just jumping a static line as insignificant as might be in other people's minds, that was huge for me. And I wanted to do it with everything that I could. Took two, four, five years to get there and finally do it this year. And then finally did it. And it was, man, anticipation was like the big key phrase, bro. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm just thinking about it constantly. I found this kick-ass Airbnb. I'm like, fuck. I, I go there and I, I, I meet the owner of this company. Like we have beers and a shot of freaking whiskey. You know, the first night I roll in, he's an old retired Marine with tons of history. He's got a limp on him. And I'm looking at him like, shit, I hope he didn't get a limp because he jumps. <laughs> you know, and like. No, it's not from that. <laughs> no, it's not. Learn that later. But holy shit, I was like, thinking this shit, and then finally roll through the course with a bunch of other guys who are all retired SF or retired Airborne, and they're like, "Yeah, we're coming here to 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 re up so we can go on their 75th anniversary jump." I was like, "Shit, this yep. is the first time I'm jumping off a fucking airplane," you know? Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool, bro. Welcome to the, you know, come on. Yeah, they got some active guys down there too. Yeah, and it was. It was fantastic. Um, I, as as the days grew, I got a lot of confidence with definitely with uh, the jump masters and, and Tater, and, and it was, and I, I felt better and better and better about the whole experience. And then, like I said, the first jump out of that one eighty, I was just like, oh, uh, you know, finally, you know, like anticipation and being in that one eighty people haven't been in a small airplane before it's um sketch is the word to that's claustrophobic there's sketch you got four (laughs) you got four dudes four dudes crammed into a tiny yeah everything's everything's stripped out of it to lighten it up your jump masters you know this salty dude he's looking at you like you ready to go man it's gonna be a great time you got you turn you look at the pilots you just got this beard he's like in his six years 80s and you're looking at him like fuck i hope he doesn't have a heart attack <laughs> you're looking at your and i'm short and you're long so the long guy's always first so i'm looking at him and i'm watching him go out first and like ah shit <laughs> then, my, then the door opens and i wheel around and i stick my feet and i'm like wow yeah the, the air hits your feet and starts shoving it to the side you're shoving it to the sides you're like twisting and you're like ah <laughs> he slaps he slaps your shoulder he's like go and i'm like okay i gotta just look at the wing and sit up yeah. <laughs> there I go. and i'm like oh, boom oh, yeah there it is they're like act like you're just standing up like you're sliding off a bar stool 
right? Exactly. So it it is. It really is that easy, but it's not. But it's the first time. Not the first time. And that that shoot pops, and I look up and I see shit. That's a canopy. Shit. Those are risers. Shit. I'm in a harness. I just jumped out of a fucking airplane, and there it goes. Holy fucking shit. And now I gotta fly this thing. Now I gotta fly it. I'm like, holy shit. I can actually. I can steer it. I can move. I see I'm moving some direction. Oh, this is cool. Wow. This is awesome. Look at the view. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, it's quiet as fuck up here. Yeah. There's no noise. There's no street. There's no you, noise. Don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't hear vehicles. You, don't, you know, the airplane flies as away. As soon as the like, airplane goes by, it's quiet as shit. Super peaceful. And then you see the ground and you say, oh, look, that's where I have to go. And you're like, hey, I can steer it. And then the ground gets closer and closer. And you're like, Oh shit. Oh, I gotta land. <laughs> I gotta do a PLF now. What do I gotta do again? Oh fuck, that's right. Grab Eat up. These, bitch. These. <laughs> relax, 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 relax. Look at the ground. Don't look at the ground. Don't look at the look ground. At the horizon. Oh, look at the horizon. Oh, there's the trees. <laughs> and where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Just remember to sell the cheap shit, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, that was good. <laughs> what are your points of performance? Like, huh? F- you know, feet ass head. <laughs> <laughs> right, feet ass head. <laughs> but, uh, I, was, I was like, shit. I was like, that was fun. Let's do it again. In the second time, the third time. And yeah, least- and that anxiety and that fear, it it goes away pretty quick once you build that confidence. I'll tell you. Before you, you know it, you're just you're just like, yeah, man, I'm just here to jump out of airplanes. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I was like, holy shit. And and then the C forty seven comes around. Right. Right. So now now you're transitioning. There's that fucking mosquito. Got no ice. Got him. Um, now you're transitioning from a from a sitting position to a side door exit. Yeah, right. And in a piece of his in a piece of history. In a piece of history. So uh, the, I think the first one I jumped at was Plassey Lassie. So you know, Tater Tater's there. The whole crew is there. Um, By the way, the- that that airplane's got patches where it's been shot up in World War II. The whole underbelly's torn up. I stuck like, my I stuck my finger in a grease hole and had a little bullet hole in it. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, <laughs> it still flies. Still flying, and oh man, it was fun, but like it was on another level of like nervousness because they stick me first stick right. out the door. Well, oh, now so so look right instead of it just being like a little, you're in there with like. Two other, three other dudes and a little Cessna. Now it's twenty. Now, now it's time to go big boy style, right? Right. You're getting all the jump master commands. Stand up, hook up. You know, and you gotta. You, you, it's been rehearsed. You've done it on the ground, but mm-hmm. it's the first time you've really done it. Right. You, you do the shuffle, hit that door, and you're out. My and first. You feel that air slide, man. It's amazing. Did I, did I tell you that the first C-47 jump, I was I had door position? Yeah, first, you did. 
first jump. So I'm standing in the door the whole yep. time. Got that beautiful view. And like, oh man. I tell I tell you what, like when they the freaking pilots, this was a this is an interesting thing. When uh, in the old aircraft they have to um throttle up and throttle back the engines in order to check the oil pressure and to maintain a consistent pressure so that the engines stay on when they go up in altitude because the altitude condenses and pushes pressure on the whole system. So they have yep. to adjust the, the throttle in order to, to, to adjust the pressure of the oil. I didn't know this. After, after I talked to my dad about it, my dad, who is a pilot, you know, he told me about it. And I'm like, Shh, I didn't know this shit. So it's, the, it's such an interesting sound to sit there and listen to the drone of these engines, these gigantic freaking engines drone up and down up and down up and down get louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and then finally they crank all the way up to full throttle and then you're going down the freaking runway and it's like holy shit like this is this is not like a, a modern day military aircraft this is you know world war ii this thing is fucking 70 plus years old and I'm like, holy shit! I hope this thing doesn't fall out of the fucking sky. <laughs> right, but they're they're built really well. They are. Right, <laughs> they built amazingly well, and and they're 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 pretty pretty good rides. I gotta say, man. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Although we did catch some freaking thermals there in Florida, and we're jumping around catching some air. Like, ooh, hope yeah, we'll well, especially especially you. I I can be the last one out and the first one on the ground some days. Just depends. Oh, I I got some air time. <laughs> I know you did. Oh, wait, wait. And, uh, you want you want to tell us about your? Actually, you know what? How are you doing on your beer? I'm done. It's done. I'm done too. Let's let's do a refill real quick. Yeah, I need to go into how you got initiated into the Royal Order of the Oak. (laughs) Sound good? Sounds good, you man. All right. right back. That's it for this episode of this two part series with my buddy Jonathan Van Holm. In the next one, we get into what the Order of the Oak is, how I happen to be uh, thrown into it and other stuff about life and growing up as an adult yeehaw <laughs> for all until next time please like subscribe smash five stars send me a review all four of you listeners tell me how good i am out there tell me how bad i am tell me what would make you better thank you very much for listening and until next time follow me on instagram youtube facebook get out there and get it